Good morning, church. How are we doing? It's always a blessing to be up here to share how God is uh, moving in my life. Um, I'm continuing this, uh, the series on faith in the workplace. And I'd like us to do a little exercise here. I want you to pretend that this is your workplace or this is your school campus. And I want you to think of somebody that you know that doesn't know Christ. And I want you to right now turn to the person next to you and just share how awesome God is. How awesome God is and how grateful you are um, because of him. So let's take a minute to do that now. Okay, um, let me see a show of hands. How many of you felt that was challenging, difficult? Could be very challenging. Um, as I talk about faith in the workplace, um, it's difficult when you give a message or sermon that has to do with, uh, with you, with me. Um, so I want us to be kind of taking the perspective that this is how God has designed me with the gifts and talents and how he's moving in and through my life. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that's in this place. I pray that you would inspire each one of us to be able to take the opportunities that you give us daily. Guide us and help us to point others to your truth. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, how many of you know who Bruce Lee is? Yes. <laughs> um, I like this quote from Bruce Lee. It says, A teacher is never a giver of truth. He is a guide, a pointer to the truth that each student must find for himself. This week I celebrated and reflected on my 20-year anniversary of salvation. And I just spent some quiet time with God kind of reflecting on what the 20 years looked like um, as I lived a new life. And during that time, as I was preparing for this message, he was giving me just spiritual truths that I've been living by. And then he was giving me situations uh, that I want to share with you. So, my life inside and outside the church has evolved to be the same. When I was a new Christian, it was very challenging to have the same kind of life. I'd have a certain way of living inside the church and with church activities, but outside the church, um, at school, at work, um, it would be completely different. I would act differently. Um, I would speak differently. I would just be a different person. And that was really kind of confusing for me as a, a, a new Christian. But over the 20 years, um, God has given me opportunities to be able to just blur the lines and have my life in church 
to be the same outside in the workplace. For me, prayer is my go-to weapon that I use before I go into spiritual battle daily. Um, The first thing I do is I read the word and I pray before I go to work. Um, I need to be prayed up. I usually pray Ephesians 6, putting on the full armor of God. Um, And what that does for me is it prepares me for any uncertainty, for any um, just spontaneous things might come up that I'm not prepared for. So I can still have peace and joy and be Christ-like and not react in a negative way or react in in a condemning way. So, in other words, it keeps me really grounded and rooted in Christ so I can really deal with any problems that happens at work. Um, The work that I'm going to be showing you, Faith in the Workplace, is outside this church. Um, It's my uh, other job, which I'm bivocational. So, um, the work I do here as youth pastor is amazing, but the other work I do is also amazing as a professor um, at a university. So the verse that God continues to put in my heart is from Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So uh, many of you know that I made a switch in my career. Um, I had an opportunity to move out of teaching at Santa Clara University to San Jose State. Um, God wanted me to be in a public institution where one out of three, one out of four college students are first-time college students and graduates in their family. And where the diversity is so great um, and where... I believe he has me um, being able to reach those students in a different capacity over the past year. Um, I teach photography and film, and I try to structure my classes around being able to point my students to the truth without telling them about my, my faith without telling them what to believe, but being able to create assignments and discussions that can help them think about faith and God and justice um, for themselves. And in this way, it doesn't become uncomfortable. It doesn't become um, preachy. Um, it becomes enlightening for them to really think about their lives and these, these serious topics. Currently, I've given an assignment that the students are working on now. Um, It's to create a series of emotion images based on the song Prayer by Sam Smith. Um, This song has very deep lyrics, and Sam Smith, when he wrote this song, was challenged with his own life. He was um, basically kind of hitting a wall and didn't know where to turn. His life was falling apart. In the lyrics, he says, I'm young. I have no degree. Um, I don't know what to do. 
Um, in these lyrics you see up on the screen, um, it says, Won't you call me? Can we have a one-on-one, please? Let's talk about freedom. Everyone prays in the end. And so Sam Smith's background is he, um, he's English. He went to a Catholic school, um, but he didn't really believe in God. And he, because of his life circumstances, he had nowhere else to go. Nothing else to do but to get on his knees and pray. That was his last resort. So in this assignment with my students, um, I have them dissect the lyrics, watch the music video, and then for them to write down certain words of how they're affected by the song. If they can relate to the song, if they've ever been challenged with circumstances, did they ever turn from their faith? Do they pray? Um, Do they go to church? Do they not believe And so then we can have this um, really transparent discussion where everyone is. And then they have to go out and create a series of images on how they feel um, based on emotion. And this gives me um, insight immediately to where my students are. Who are Christian? Who are atheists? Who are in between? And then God helps me and he guides me to be able to point the way to them. And so I've had opportunities to be able to pray over my students, to know who is involved in campus ministry, to know who is an atheist and doesn't believe that may need um, also prayer, um, to those students that are struggling in certain areas. And so God has wired me um, in my career to be able to look for every single opportunity and try to leverage those opportunities to be able to help people find Jesus. So I I try to put God first. Um, I try to put him in the center of my life. Um, I try to have everything revolve around him. And the scripture that has helped me, and some of you may know this scripture, is about that. It's about putting God first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Matthew 31, 631 to 33. So just from me, again, reflecting on my salvation, putting God first always works out. Um, Not worrying about anything, but just really trying to trust him. It's hard. It's hard to trust him if you're looking for any kind of financial need or employment or health or relationships to be restored. But I think the more we do it, and when God blesses us and we see how God is moving in our lives, then that should encourage us again to get to seek him first when that next challenge happens when we're in the wilderness um, when we're trying to move a mountain just putting our total trust and faith in him um, has worked out um, for me Um, in the same class um, actually last semester I gave another project again this kind of helps me to reveal um, where the hearts of my students are what matters to them And I give them a social practice uh, assignment where they need to explore 
and kind of discover a, an issue in our world, a global issue. And then they need to produce images regarding that issue. Similar to what we did with the youth group, where the youth group were encouraged to um, express what matters to them, and they decided to um, raise money for children in Uganda that have no shoes. In my class, each student is doing an individual project. And one weekend, um, after the weekend was over, one student came to me on a Monday morning and mentioned, um, I asked her, well, do you have an idea for your your social practice project? And she said, well, actually, um, I do. Um, I just found out that my mother was sexually exploited when she was 11 years old. And that was the first time she ever mentioned it to anybody in her life in 40-something years. And we, have a, we had a really open conversation. And she, she, she told me that her and her mother just cried. They cried. She saw her mother crying during a movie. And then her mother just told her about her past and what happened. And um, the student's mother was actually exploited by her uncle and her uncle's friends for one year at 11 years old. And so, you know, my heart broke. Um, God gave me compassion for this student and what to do. So I asked the student, well, could we create um, your project around this? Maybe this could be cathartic for your mother and for yourself, trying to find some kind of healing. And so she thought about it, and she talked to her mother, and they actually worked on a project together um, which helped them find some kind of healing during this time. So she created a series of images that shows her mother when she was actually 11 years old. And so this is her, her, her mother when she was 11, just playing with a doll. Innocent, just like a child would, just no worries. And then the next image shows how now her mother is in despair, her life spiraling downward, um, being exploited. And then the last image is just showing how just, just the, the pain and the torment that her mother went through and is still going through because of this, um, this incident. So this was another way that God was able to uh, work through me to show compassion and being able to understand what my students, um, what breaks their hearts. So another thing that I've learned along the way is God uses my spiritual gifts and talents when I'm willing to go. Um, those of you that are engaged in the great omission, you, you studied about the great commission, go, therefore. Um, God is calling us to go all the time. Um, I find when I'm willing to go, um, God is glorified um, in a, in, as he works through me. And so I love this scripture from Isaiah 6, 8. Um, this resonates with me. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. So as you're 
being ministered to right now by the Holy Spirit. And if you're thinking about in your own workplace, in your neighborhood, in your school, maybe God's putting something in your heart now. But we have to be willing to go. We have to be willing to ask the Lord to send me. Um, the other scripture that I feel that helps us to really connect to having faith in God in the workplace comes from Galatians 5.25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. In other words, I can't do what I do and the ideas that I'm creating without the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's not me in my flesh that can think of a project like pray or a social justice project or having compassion for a student that's broken. It's walking in the Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us, to give us those fruits of the Spirit, to help us have peace and that calmness to have that joy and so we have to call on the Holy Spirit as we minister to others as we share in the workplace Um, it can't just come from us because that's when our fear and human kind of um, negativities can stand in the way Um, I had the opportunity to teach a belief systems class um, last year. And basically, it's like a world religion class. Um, but in my class, um, I needed to really strategize, how could I build up from the ancient religions? And by the time I got to Christianity, to really help the students um, understand how much God really loves them. And that God has a plan for them. And that God was going to, would bless them with a career. And bless them with opportunities in their life. And so, one thing that I do is, I show this film. Has anyone seen this film called Tree of Life by Terrence Malick? Has anyone seen this film? Um, If you haven't, um, it's mainstream film. It, It came out in 2007. Um, It was up for an Academy Award for Best Cinematography. It's a beautifully shot film, um, but very conceptual. The film is about the meaning of life. It's about, do you live by the way of nature, or do you live by the way of grace? Brad Pitt's character lived by the way of nature, taking everything on his own, thinking only about himself and his own accomplishments, trying to make it on his own. His wife, Jessica Chastain, lived by the way of grace, God's grace, giving her life to God, um, being grateful to God. And so then you see the disparity between the couple within this film. And through the story, you, you start to understand what the meaning of life is. So my students were able to um, 
watch this, and we were able to have a, a really interesting discourse about just the meaning of life, purpose. And I had an interesting group of students. Um, they came from all walks of life, and several of them were going through many challenges. One had cancer in my class and was going through chemotherapy. And uh, after the first class, he mentioned to me, he said, Professor, um, I might come to class late. I might come exhausted because I might be having chemo treatment right before class. And so when he told me that after class, I immediately said, can I pray for you? Um, He ended up um, being a deacon in the Catholic Church, which means he went through five years of uh, rigorous training to be a deacon. And we were able to build a relationship based on his circumstance, but claiming healing um, for his life. And he would then start calling me pastor um, in class, and we had a very open relationship. Um, I had several other students that did um, different tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, They were using their GI Bill for their benefit. And so some of them have have seen um, death. Um, One of those students was very um, distant in every class. Kind of sat by himself. He he really seemed um, angry. Um, And he, he really seemed troubled. And one day... Right before class, um, I saw him sitting outside my classroom. And I could just sense just a lot of um, angst in him. And I I went up to him after we discussed faith openly, um, because this was, again, a belief systems class. And um, I kind of knew a little bit about his his story. But I did. I went up to him. I told him, I said, you know, I just really want to tell you, and this is in my coming sincerely from my heart, that God, God truly loves you. And I said, I cannot relate to anything that you've been through, having going through three tours in Iraq. I don't know what it's like, but I sense that your heart is not at peace. Um, immediately, I kid you not, the Holy Spirit, I could feel the Holy Spirit's presence. And this guy was a tough guy. Um, he just started crying and weeping, tears just poured down his face. Um, and it was just so, um, it was really sad just to see him so broken. And he was just sh- shaking and crying. And he was telling me that he, t- he took lives. And he felt that um, he couldn't live with that. Um, and I told him that if he just went to, to Jesus and asked for forgiveness, um, he would receive peace and that um, he, he wouldn't have to live like that anymore. And so after that, another amazing thing happened just by be willing to go and be willing to acknowledge God openly and not hiding from what I believe, um, even in a secular school. Um, I just felt like, let's pray for this guy. So I've never, like, prayed for someone in a classroom of students that I don't know exactly what they believe. Because, one, you can be reprimanded and fired for that. 
or at least put on notice. But God just said, pray for him. So the whole class ended up praying for this student. And we continued to pray for him throughout the end of the, the quarter. Um, I think one thing that I've been working on is trying to have my confidence in Christ. Okay, not in others. I mean, it's, it's so easy to be um, <clears throat> kind of manipulated into thinking that we have to please others, even in the workplace. Even those that people that maybe pay, pay our salary. But we have to be thinking, well, who, where, where does all the money come from? Where do all the resources come from? They come from God. And so our employer is God. The person that we need to have a spirit of excellence and do a great job is our Heavenly Father, not just the person that we report to. And so if we have confidence in Christ, then we don't need to be intimidated or worried about co-workers or directors or others. We could just be who we are. And, it will, and we don't need to think that way. Well, it will just be natural for us if we're doing our best in what we do and giving God our best. And so this has been another one of my go-to verses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. And so <clears throat> if we have that confidence and we're putting Christ first... If we have that confidence in Christ and not others, then he will give us the strength. He will give us the confidence not to worry about what other people think about us, not what other people are saying about us. Um, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that we live for, for Christ. So I've been blessed because... God's given me an array of different spiritual gifts and talents. Um, one talent is in the arts. As a filmmaker and an installation and public artist. And he was working through me to create a recent installation called Pray. P-R-E-Y. Pray. And I've been able to use my art to kind of leverage and being able to use it as a platform to bridge relationships, to bring conversation, to point people to faith, to point people to God through my films and my art. And in this piece, it's all about a perpetrator um, that's preying on a victim. And the symbolism is looking through these innocent children on these blocks and watching an innocent teenage girl on a playground. And so how he was able to use me with this project is I was able to speak to um, Notre Dame High School seniors last week for their um, contemporary social issues class. Talked about art, the intersection of art and justice. And in all my projects, I always get a question, what's your inspiration? Why did you do this? And it always points back to, to God. So 
God always uses me to glorify him through the arts, but also using the arts to point people in, through symbolism, through conversation, um, and redirecting it back to their beliefs, to their life, so they can wrestle and think about where their place is, where their faith is, where their life is, where their issues are. So I'm not always strong. I don't always have it together. Um, I have bad days. But when I'm weak, I know that the Holy Spirit has my back. I know the Holy Spirit is with me when I don't feel like praying, when I don't feel like answering the call, whatever God has that opportunity. Maybe I don't feel like it. But the Holy Spirit picks me up. And this verse here that some of you may be familiar with from Romans eight twenty six to 27, um, I think is a really powerful verse because sometimes we don't know how to pray. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So we can't give up when we don't know how to pray. When we don't know how to pray for others, or we don't know how to pray through our own circumstances. We just need to ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for us, to pray in our behalf, to stand in the gap for us, to trust the Holy Spirit to help us. He always comes through. But if we don't tap into that power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, then we're not utilizing what God has given us. So I want us to think about this as I conclude here. I want us to think about for us to look for the opportunities that God gives you daily to point others to the truth. In other words, you may not be a teacher. You might be an engineer. You might be um, in the hotel industry. Um, you might be retired. You might be a student. Whatever you do, we need to point people back to the truth, which is Jesus. And we can do that with our own experiences. We can do that with how God has designed each one of us individually. That our DNA is in him, but how we do things, how we process things is differently. God is using me in this way, but he's using you in the way that he's made you. And so I just want to challenge us to let's go into our workplace, our neighborhood, 
our campuses. Pray on who is that person or people that we can influence. And just to be able to share just the love that we have for Christ. Um, Let me call the worship band up, please. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to us, showing us ways how we can use our spiritual gifts that are to glorify you and to edify the body of Christ and our talents, Lord God, that can help point the way to you. Inspire us during this time of worship. Plant seeds in us on how we can go about using these opportunities that you give us freely. We just thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.